Hello and thank you for joining us on League Indeed for another week. My name's Ben and with me is, as always, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm strong. It's a beautiful day over here strong. in the West. It is. But cool. you're going to be getting this on Thursday, but Wednesday it was a beautiful day. A gorgeous. Gorgeous day in the West. Uh, any scuttlebutt? What's the scuttlebutt? Well, I was watching the Souths game on the weekend and I noticed that they didn't flash up to the box. Not enough celebrities up there anymore. Did you notice that? I did not. No. It was Ru- Well, Russ wasn't there, maybe. Well, I think that's what the, was the case, but it got me thinking, what if they used it for good? The box vision? Yeah, the box. No, the actual box. What if they used it for good? Instead of Russ having all of his celebrity mates up there, all these pals, yeah. why doesn't he use it for good? Well, like what? Well, you could get the original members of KISS back together. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like getting some, you know, some uh, unfortunate people, like maybe some homeless dudes or some families, some struggling families up there, but you were going to reunite KISS. I, suppose <laughs> the, you're, I think you're definitely along the lines of Russ's thinking. Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, you could have a Happy Days cast reunion or you could do anything. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. Get back Vinnie Barbarino, Arnold Horshack. I think one of them died, though. Yeah, Mr. Cotter died. Did he? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. But well, yeah. you could still get the kids back together. Imagine could, it. It could be, yeah, it could be a big, um, oh, so you could say you could get the, uh, what were they called? Who? In Welcome Back Cotter, what were the kids called? Oh, the... Uh, the Sweat Hogs. The Sweat Hogs. I nearly said Groundhogs. I should know that. The you Sweat Hogs. Get You've the got Sweat Hog gang back together? Yeah. Uh, Freddie Boom Boom Washington, Arnold Horshack, Vinnie Barbarino and Juan Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I remember them all. What an idea. What the, That was the best show ever. We should do a Welcome Back Cotter segment. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think about this, um, uh, the, the Panthers... And their uh, big noting ways. They've been called out in the media this week by none other than uh, Ricky Stewart's close M8, Paul Crawley, for being overconfident, cocky, arrogant. He called them all the names. Well, Ivan came out today and said he didn't see anything wrong with it. Sees nothing wrong at all. Says he backs his kids on the field that they cop worse treatment than anyone else because they're young. Mm. I can't see it. Well, what? I think they are a bunch of cocky. Well, they have been for a couple of years now. They they seem to be getting ahead of themselves, and I tell you what, they're in for a tremendous fall. Oh, Th- this is the way to this is setting yourself up for a fall one hundred and one. And and well, it happened to them last year, didn't it? They got absolutely schooled in the grand final by the storm, and I, I can see it happening again. Well, that's what I mean. They haven't really accomplished anything, you know. When coaches say, "Well, we haven't accomplished anything," when they don't win the grand final. They haven't accomplished anything by their standards, so I don't know what they got to be cocky about. It's no good winning every game in the regular season and then falling at the final hurdle, is it? No, well, but but Ivan said in that in I read that article where he said they weren't doing anything wrong. He said they're highly highly successful. Yeah, he said we've had some success. Didn't oh, he? Did he? We'll see. He was downplaying it. He wasn't being cocky. Oh, I might be exaggerating a little because I hate him. Yeah, well, they're walking around like they're bloody world beaters, but. Oh, like I said, they haven't had a real hard run really this year, have they? Well, they've had the Storm and the Raiders, I suppose, have been their hardest kind of things. And they Well, that's the thing for me is they're, they're an unbelievably good team. And I use that term uh, in the literal sense. I can't believe how good they are for, a, uh, for such a young group of kids that they don't have to carry on like two Bob Lairs. Why, why don't they shake hands in the end goal like the Roosters did a couple of years ago? 
you know, like really give everyone the shits the other way. Do it, do it backwards, like just shaking hands and like you know when Brett Morris scores a try and he just gets up and goes, "What? Oh, do it every week, mate." Whereas gonna... you got Jerome Luai practically jumping on bloke's shoulders and taking his shirt off every time something. He's the one that annoys me the most. I know Stephen Crichton got in trouble for pulling um, Joe Tarpany into the try celebration last week, but it's Jerome Luai who's the real. He's the the head to Bob Lair, much like. Uh, Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> well, we can talk about that game later when we're wrapping up the games as far as the actual play because there was a couple of things in that game that rubbed me the wrong way and that was not that was one of them, of course. But, yeah, I don't know. They're young, I suppose, and they've had a bit of success and I suppose they're making a bit of money and they're all from the foot of the mountains and they're all... What were we talking about a couple of a few weeks ago where they're all from disadvantaged areas and all that sort of rubbish so Well they're not showing it. Are they're not behaving like kids from the kids from the wrong side of the tracks. They're behaving they're turning up to training in their you know in their suits and stuff pretending to be N- NBA players and just rubbing the rugby league community completely wrong and I don't know. I I can't see him stopping. Ivan doesn't have a problem, and and it seems to be working for him. So they're just gonna they're be, they're gonna become everybody's most hated team. They're gonna become the manly of the twenty. What are we in now? Twenty twenties. Yeah, the twenties. Oh, oh well. Hey. Um. Also, I wanted to ask you about the the ladder. Do you think that the ladder, as it currently stands, do you think that's what most rugby league experts would have predicted? the the latter would be at the end of 2021 do you think that the the kurds have separated themselves from the way well i suppose we're rugby league experts did we see it happening like this when I, we well i just with caught our a, predictions yeah i caught a snapshot of it the other day and i thought you know what that's pretty much how i expected it to be like you know give or take a couple of places here and there yeah, i didn't expect the dragons but then the dragons have got a bit of a thing about being April premiers, don't they? Well, they're the exception, yeah, that I was going to get to. Um, and we'll talk about them later in our round wrap-up. Um, they're flying. They're it's really going well. Hey, just um, just back backtrack a little bit. Do you know what the best bit of the curds and the way is? What's that? Well, uh, the, you separate the curds and the way. What's the bit you keep? Or do you use both? You filter it through the cheesecloth, <laughs> don't you? And then yeah. you get all the liquid out. Well, that's out. the curds. That's the solid bit. So is that what you make into cheese? <laughs> I don't know. You don't eat cheese, do you? No. <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> oh, you right? got me stumped. Yeah. Well, we're separating the cream from the chaff. <laughs> the milk from the wheat. <laughs> <laughs> but dragons have proven themselves to be more milk than wheat, haven't they? Uh, Hook's got them... Uh, humming. Humming. Humming hook. Yeah. Hook is not a crook. According to the faithful on the hill, uh, we will get to that though. You got anything else uh, before we get into the meat of the podcast? That's about it. I, I'm thrown by the cheese now. I can't, can't stop thinking about cheese. Well, the rugby league world was shocked to its core yesterday with revelations that John Johnny Bomber Morris had been sacked as co- head coach of Cronulla Sutherland Sharks and Craig Fitzgibbon. Hired immediately, but not immediately, because Josh Hanna is going to take over, who's proven he can't coach. What do you think? Well, 
I think oh, there's all sorts of things wrong about this. I can't understand why they'd sack him effective immediately. What's he done? Has he done something wrong, or what, what's he done? Like it, it seems like he's got caught doing something, and so they had to terminate him immediately. Or is it just because he's lost? He hasn't lost the dressing room because the Sharks, I thought, played well against the Roosters on the weekend. They've been playing well. Well, I know from experience that if I know that I'm going to lose a job, I've never been sacked in advance. Like this is a pretty unique situation, but I know if I in the past if I know. I'm not going to be there in, say, you know, you give your notice four weeks and are you doing anything? Yeah, um, you just yeah. want to get out of there, I suppose, where they yeah. tell you to pack your drawer up and then they escort you out of the building as they do in some corporate situations. So maybe there's an element of that. But Well, uh, John's mum leapt to his defence this morning on Twitter. Absolutely gave it to the board, didn't she? And she said that he wanted to stay out the contract, so he certainly didn't quit. Um, and well, yeah, that's what I would have thought, that it's not like any other sort of normal job. You would have wanted to hang around with your team that you've been building for the last two years. And let's face it, he's been up against the wall with a lot of high-paid high paid duds like Dugan and Fafita, etc. I think he's done a marvellous well, job considering. You've, you've pretty hard to find a rugby league supporter who thinks otherwise. It seems the only people who thought he hadn't done a good job is the Sharks board, who are the only ones who matter, of course. But... Uh, Josh's mum says that um, her heart breaks for her son, the coach. He's so dedicated, so loyal, so disgusted that he was treated so badly by the board. Even though he knew they weren't resigning, uh, sorry, re-signing. Come on, Sharon, put put a hyphen in there. Uh, he wanted to finish out his contract. He loves his players and his staff. His only question was why. Well, that's what I mean. What if they went all the way to the grand final without him this year? Like He'd be like, oh, well, the last two and a half years... I don't know. I just, I just can't understand what's going on there. And uh, I suppose what the news coming out is that they wanted to be more sexy to the players, I suppose, you know, attract a higher calibre of player. But So I suppose what they're saying, they've got to have a rooster there, Fitzgibbon, who's a rooster's life member. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I, I remember reading that at the start of this year or late last year. Yeah, but what they were saying... A big argument on NRL 360 last night. They said because it's pretty divided as as to why you know who is Fitzgibbon. Because that that's the thing. A lot of people think that they've done the right thing, but they've done the wrong thing by John Morris. Does that make sense? Like they've done the right thing hiring Fitzgibbon because they think he's a better coach. But a lot of people think, well, what's the difference? Because they're both ex-player, recently retired coaches. But one of them said, if you put Fitzgibbon and Morris together and say, righto, you get to pick one of them for your head coach. Which one do you pick? And it was pretty divided. What do you reckon? Mm, what do you mean from a player's point of view? Like if the players were picking a head coach or if just yeah, anybody? Yeah, or anybody or the board or, or the, you know, the owners of a rugby league team or the players or whatever. I can't see much difference. It's just that Fitzgibbon seems to have the advantage because he's been in the Roosters system. But that's what I mean. He's un untested isn't he he's never oh, been yeah. a head coach there's been plenty of assistant coaches in good systems come out and prove themselves to be duds well look at todd payton at the moment it's not really setting the world on fire and he's an ex-assistant coach um oh, i just can't get it and it's gonna how's fitzgibbon gonna handle sitting up there with a cronulla hat on every week and having scomo popping by a rooster's life member that's the other thing i can't understand is how do these guys just throw away whatever loyalty they had Oh, to these clubs that they've been in forever, and I know there's money and all, everything involved, obviously. Well, but well, you see the you see the players out on the park every week, 
blokes that have switched over from other teams and they'll score a try and kiss the badge on their current on their current jersey as if they love the club with all their heart. And then the next week you hear that they've taken an extra 200 to go somewhere else. So, Well, that's what I was going to get at with this as well, because apparently John Morris was the lowest paid coach in the NRL. He was on something like 350 grand, if you believe any of that, which I don't know, that seems like pretty good money, but it's not Wayne Bennett money. But is Fitzgibbon on more than that? I don't know. Very interesting stuff, very interesting, because Fitzgibbon is going to be up against it when he gets there next year. He's going to have the fans offside, so they won't be... Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's just instant pressure, isn't it? And it's not like he says, oh, okay, well, I'm coming over and I'm bringing Sam Walker with me. Is there any of that? Is he going to raid the Roosters? You wouldn't think so. Well, that's what's interesting to me. If the, if he said, okay, I can guarantee you I'll bring Sam Walker and I'll bring... Verrills and Nate Butcher or whatever, you know, a whole swag of stars, you know, or potential stars, that'd well, no, make it a, a, a lot more uh, understandable. But Who's off contract, though? Because the Sharks have got, I think, 14 players off contract <laughs> at the end of this year. So one, one advantage he's going to have is, is a, a, a huge amount of money to play with. So you'd be able to uh, shift the duds and bring in the new ones. But the question is, who's off contract? Who can he buy? And that was the thing that... that got me offside with the whole thing was John Morris is he never had any say into any recruitment or anything since the day he got there and he last made the, year and he made the and finals. he made the eight even though like, then admittedly they didn't beat any of the top eight sides but who cares they got they made the eight and well, he's got I don't a, understand that argument and he's got a long-term injury with his halfback his star halfback I, I just I just can't see how they thought that any how they think anybody else is going to do a better job Oh well, we'll stick with the news Very over the interesting. next the next uh, season and then nah, chin the up, next season. chin up, Johnny. I, I didn't mind you, Johnny. I hate everything about the Sharks except you. I think Brisbane should sign him as a halfback. <laughs> well, he can look at him. Oh, I'm, he's fit. Oh, fit. oh, how old is he? He's probably not even forty yet, is he? I'd like to see him and him and uh, T Baz with their shirts off together. Probably the same age as Benji Marshall. Uh, no, I think he's younger than me and you. That's <laughs> <laughs> not hard. <laughs> uh, that, well, there you go. There's an idea from the League Indeed team. Johnny, suit up again, mate. You've got a contract waiting for you at Brisbane. I'll get on the phone to Kevy right now. Well, after the tremendous amount of feedback we got last week from uh, Craig from Goolagong's phone call about the, uh, uh, the rib incident... Uh, Dud Beatty, 1968, I think it was. We've decided 62. to 62. Get... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky we've we decided... got you on, on the line already. <laughs> we decided to get Craig from Goolagong back on the line. How are you, Craig? I'm going good, fellas. How are you? Very well, thank you. What do you got for us this week? Uh, well, I've had uh, Mr. Adonicus on the mind. Um, I've, and in my YouTube algorithm, uh, just been looking at some old games, uh, particularly a test series uh, between Great Britain and Australia over there in 1978. Um, it, it's, it's looking back at it, it's 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 a different game. There's all sorts of little oddities that uh, uh, no longer really play a part in our game, like scrums. Um, but it, it's in uh, Central Park at Wigan. Uh, there's about 17,000 pommies in there roaring the heads off. Uh, the Australian side is Cronin, Fulton, Krillich, Constable Craig Young, 
Uh, Oling, Bosted, Reddy, Radonicus, Edie, Price, Rogers, Anderson, which is quite a lineup, you'll have to say, and Jesus. I don't really recognise any of the English fellas. But it's at this foggy football ground in the north of England, and it's on from for young and old from the very kickoff. Um, there's in the third tackle, um, one of the English forwards uh, kicks out after Tommy grasses him around the ankles and kicks him in the face, and that sort of uh, set the scene for the rest of the match. There were stiff arms, there were knees. There was punching, there was hair pulling, gouging. It was an old-fashioned street brawl. And early in the second half, Tommy actually got sent off when he started exchanging blows with the English or the British halfback, Nash, I think his name is. And then it's, yeah, it's it's a grub fest. It's disgusting. (laughs) What did the score score end up as? Uh, well, there was uh, a bit of a comeback by England uh, late in that second half. Uh, a, a, one of the, the, the outside backs, Bevan for England, uh, toes through a drop ball, toes it through again, sort of Elliot Whitehead style, and scores. That puts Great Britain up 9-7. to seven. And then Australia comes back quickly with two tries, one to Bosted and the other to Bobby Fulton after a superb offload by Mr. Olling. And it's, yeah, it's a great game, but it's commentated by Rex Mossett too, which is a bit of a treat. Oh, he, did they fly him over to commentate the... Uh, I, I think they, might, they they do sound like they're at the ground because at one point uh, Rex says he can't commentate because all the people have jumped up in front of him. <laughs> back when you had a, a press box just at the back of the stand there. That uh, Anderson that you mentioned in the team lineup is that Chris Anderson or is that yes, it was Chris oh, really? Anderson. Well, there yeah, you go. yeah, I... and very uh, nippy he was too. He's uh, yeah, he, right. He scored a, a try in the series. I always um, had him in but... my mind as mid eighties, but he, yeah, yeah geez, obviously he around young, a lot. He would have been yeah. young. Mm. But the, the the peculiar things about the game back then, there was apart from all the the, the biff. Um, there was there was an era where set pieces involving walls and sort of elaborate dummies and decoys and stuff were being used, and also on the the the, the, the kickoffs they go for a sort of a grubbing kickoff trying to get an error out of the opposition, and at one stage uh, one of the Australian forwards cops one in the face off from the kickoff, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the English re, the British regained the ball from that point on. So. Uh, unusual things are going on. But Rex Mossop's uh, commentary throughout is a bit of a treat. And in the third test, uh, one of the blokes, Farrah, one of the English forwards, is biffing everyone, and he's not having much success. So uh, Rex uh, releases the immortal line, I don't think he could knock a sick girl off a chair. (laughs) 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 Which is... I've never heard that. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. A sick girl. Rex, that, just, uh, that, that one doesn't get used so, so much these days, does it? I just want to get your, now that you've mentioned it, it's got it in my head, I want to get your thoughts on, is there any of the tactics in that 78 test match that you saw that you think, oh, just from my point of view, I think that grubbing kickoff would work a treat in yeah. today's game. 
Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's 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 to try and draw a knock on. Yeah, and exactly. It's and certainly you can... harder often to uh, take those, just you know, very hard, low skidding kick, sort of kicks. Yeah, and and you've got the sideline to deal up with. In the air. Yeah, exactly. Big pardon? You've got the sideline to deal with as well because if you can put yeah, it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's it's amazing what you sort of uh, you notice, but um. Well, I suppose with the five metre rule as well, they had to be more creative and come up with walls and all that sort of stuff because they just didn't have the room to move, did they? That's right. I mean, there was uh, a pretty stiff five being kept in these tests. But, yeah, ostensibly five gives you less time. So uh, perhaps some of the craft uh, was where it was at back then and sort of Tommy Radonikus was despite his toughness, pretty adept at that sort of um, close quarters business. Oh, yeah. Any uh, mouse traps? A big pardon? Any mouse trap uh, players? No, I didn't see the, the mouse trap or the up the jumper, but um, <laughs> there was uh, there was these funny walls. England were doing them. Uh, Britain, I keep on saying England, it's Great Britain in these games. Not that there was anyone, uh, you know, from anywhere other than England in the team. But uh, they... Both sides were using these sort of uh, forming a wall in front or just beside where they take the tap yeah. and going behind that and sort of breaking off and throwing these dummies and and they never really worked. But uh, <laughs> they, there was obviously a bit of thought went into it. Do you know who the coach of that team was? Uh, it's Stanton, maybe. Frank Stanton, um, yeah, because I remember. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. do remember those walls, but maybe uh, early eighties. I thought it might have been a Jack Gibson kind of thing. Yeah. But. Hey, Craig, I want to ask you about this too. We were just talking about before you came on air. We were talking about the uh, the grubby, horrible, disliked Penrith team running mm. around at the moment, and uh, whether whether they'd get away with all of these uh, unsportsmanlike tactics, like pulling Joe Tarpany into the try celebration yeah. do you think they'd get away with it in tommy's day oh well certainly not um there's a, a, a level of disrespect that gets expressed sometimes these days that no wouldn't have lasted too long in tommy's day no well that's and but tom tommy was a, a little a cheeky little bastard but he could back it up couldn't he he couldn't apparently he couldn't fight very well but he, it certainly didn't stop him from trying and no, he, he was he was just so tough in himself, and people did resent him and also target him. Certainly yeah. in that first test of '78, they were going for Tommy from the, the get-go. They realised he was a threat, uh, but he also and yeah, no, he got sent off with the other halfback because they were exchanging blows. So yeah, did, all this grubby stuff like king hits and knees thrown Muay Thai style. It was it was <laughs> unbelievable what people got away with and you know, two halfbacks having a bit of an exchange of uh pleasantries, so to speak. Do you think he's off. did his reputation precede him? Did he run onto the field with with a target on his head from Great Britain's point of view? Uh, well he, he got kicked lashed out with a foot to the face in the third tackle and then yeah, right. about three tackles after that when Australia had the ball he got uh a big swinging headshot mm. um, with a crooked, crooked arm. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, they were targeting. And that that's on YouTube. That match, I'm going to go and watch it. Right yeah, after. Um, I'll just get the. It's Kangaroos versus Great Britain, 
games 1, 2, 3, 1978. They're all superb. And, uh, yeah, don't let your kids watch it. Violence warning <laughs> on that game. Awesome. We'll put those up in the show notes uh, so everyone can have a look at it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, another thing. Yeah. I don't know whether you've mentioned it yet, but uh, James Tedesco's children's book. Oh, no, we haven't. Yeah, go on. We haven't mentioned it. This is a. I, I, I had it in my. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Uh, what are we doing, folks? Um, a, a story bursting with fun, footy, family, friends, and nonna's meatballs from the NRL superstar and Dally M middle winner, James Tedesco. Brought to you by Pan Australia. This to uh, me, to me, this smacks of a a, a, a top up deal, you know, like hearts a, and minds as well on young kitties. Yeah, making well, them want to all go for the roosters. <laughs> no, I mean we'll we'll sign you for say seven hundred, James, and here's a book deal to go along. A with book it. deal, yeah, two hundred grand for for uh, James Tesco's hat trick head teddy. Yeah, Politis's fingers all over oh, it. Is he it? Uh, trying to get the Italian community involved in league? Do you think draw him oh, draw him away from soccer? No, it's just a, sort of the, the the wholesome, homely, good boy, you mm. know, non as meatballs. You know, it's 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 the nice guy of the rugby league. Heavily and promoted he, on Fox Sports too. I noticed over the last yeah, couple. Well, of that's weeks. where I saw it. Yeah, I, I copped a segment on something. Yeah, um, there was a puff piece on the fan. I think it was with Andrew Voss. There's yeah, that's old. probably where I saw it. Very, I like that show, but it was yeah, it was a puff piece. Yeah, really. oh, it's a great show. I, I quite like most of the shows on that channel. But yeah, you're right. That's a it, it's very curious. Do you think if uh, one of the unfashionable players wrote a book about oh, I don't know, where's Papa's book? Well, there you go. What if Papa wrote a book? Wouldn't about... that be Wouldn't that be great? What yeah. if he wrote a po- a book of poems <laughs> <laughs> of prose? <laughs> Yeah, mate, mate, beat poetry. <laughs> yeah. Papa's, pa- Papa's poems. I doubt it yeah, get Papa. promoted heavily on Fox. Click, click, click. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go, fellas. Get All back right. to it. Thank you very much again, Craig. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. No worries. See ya. See Thanks, you, mate. Wild scenes at Leichhardt on the weekend with uh, the West Tigers putting in one of the most disgraceful performances we've seen for a long time from a, a team, especially when playing at home. And as they left the field to go and get the rocket from Madge at half time, the boos rained down on them from the stands from the faithful at Leichhardt, uh, most uh, out there expecting a, a solid, uh, spirited performance in honour of Tommy Radonikus. What's your thought? Did you see it? I did see it, and uh, what got me about this was then when they came back on, obviously got a rocket from Madge at half-time because they certainly turned things around for the better in the second half, or at least they started looking like a football side. Then everyone started cheering them again. I reckon if you're going to boo them off at half-time, don't start cheering them when they start playing good. Oh, so Am I right? If, if you, if, like, stick, be consistent. Have you got one of those pictures in your bedroom if you can't handle me at my best, you don't deserve me at my worst, or vice versa. Is that, what? Which way does it go? Exactly. Well, exactly. And then have you got one that says "Love, love, love"? <laughs> yeah, no, live, laugh, love. Ah, uh, live, laugh, love. Got signs like that all over my house. Uh, affirmations. They yeah, are. right. And a cat hanging yeah, you, off a tree. <laughs> hanging you can't there, handle baby. me at my worst. Don't 
love me at my best. So or that's your, is yeah. that your stance? That's what I wanted to get. That's what I was angling at. What is your stance on this? Where do you? That's exactly my stance. If you're going to boo your team at half time, then stick with it. And if they start playing good, then just stay silent. But if you're going to cheer them all day, like, good on you, boys. That's all right. Don't worry, Brooksy. Don't worry, Brooksy. Just an off day, Brooksy. So you're saying that, they, that the fans have the right to boo, but once you've started booing, that's it. You're on that, you're on that <laughs> exactly. side of the fence. Exactly. Exactly. So if they start coming home strong, then you may as well just leave because you're not allowed to cheer anymore. No, we're just deathly silent. Just sit there and, and go, oh, geez, I feel so terrible about booing him at half time. I don't feel right about cheering him now. Mm. You don't reckon? Well, I read a tweet from Andrew, Reb- Andrew uh, Webb, so a respected journalist with the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, I know the Tigers were poor, says Andrew, but real fans don't boo their side as they leave the field. Do you agree with that? Absolutely agree with that. You don't ever boo your own side, ever. What about... And you know what? I don't ever boo the opposition either. Oh, oh You know, when God. they run... Sorry, when they run out or when they run off. During general play, oh. go for it. Oh, I'm a, I'm a tremendous booer. <laughs> <laughs> when they run out? Yeah, of course. So, that's a tradition. You've got to oh, boo them when they come no, out. I don't, I don't enjoy that. Oh. I love booing them in general play, though. And like real proper... Boo! But what, a, what, about the, what about the poor couple that... that reportedly drove from Rockhampton or something like that just to see their beloved Tigers play in in, in memory of Tommy and, and they spend their life savings to get down, get a nice pair of seats at Leichhardt on a Sunday afternoon and the West Tigers go out and put that rubbish on. You, they're not allowed to boo? Oh, absolutely they're allowed to boo. They're Are they not, real fans though? That's what I want to know. Oh, I see. Yeah, booing them off at half time. Well, I reckon absolutely they're allowed to boo, just you're not allowed to cheer then after. Well, I, I say you can do whatever you want. You pay your money, you take your chances, So, as the old saying goes. I've, I, I remember being at a, a game at Bruce, oh, what, must be 10 years ago now in the Matt Elliott era. It was at least minus something. It certainly wasn't in the positive, the, the Celsius. It was pouring rain. There was about 15 people there, and I watched the Raiders get flogged by the Titans, and I booed everybody. And as I was down at the fence giving it to somebody, a fella came down behind me, and I swear this is true, a fella came down behind me, stood next to me in solidarity, and gave Blake Ferguson the biggest mouthful you've ever heard in your life. And this bloke was crying. He was that (laughs) fed up, because this is in a particularly bad era. Blake, Dugs and all those fellas. And Blake t- turned around to his credit and stood there and looked at this fella while he was giving him the absolute gobful of a lifetime. The fella just dusted his hands and walked back and got in his car, I presume, and went home and cried himself to sleep. So as far as I'm concerned, if you support your club and you're with them through thick and thin, if they put up a performance like the Tigers did on the weekend, because let's face it, it was disgusting. Raceful. Well, do you think that booing them off helped them in the second half? Because something did. Well, I think I think what helped them in the second half was they were playing the world's worst team, and they decided to actually put in a modicum. Can I use that word on the podcast? A modicum of effort. Whereas in the first half they didn't, and the the Cowboys they made the Cowboys look like the like the storm. 
It was horrible. It was. I, I would have been singling out players to boo if I was going to be booing them. Well, I think they. I think they've all got their favourites to boo, but they all came off in a huddle with their heads down, and they were well aware of the, what kind of performance they'd put in. And I, I support the the fans' right to boo. I might get some t-shirts made up. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to say? Uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, <laughs> don't expect me at my best. If you can't boo me at my best, then don't cheer me at my best. No. <laughs> Who do you boo? <laughs> do you boo? I do. There you go. Perfect. Well, some more floggings in round five over the weekend. Um, started off with... a. a well, I think a fairly well expected result at Stadium Australia on Thursday night. The Rabbitohs 35 beat the hapless Broncos 6, and this is without Cody Walker and Benji Marshall putting on a clinic. Broncos were right in this. I don't care what anyone says. Broncos were right in this in that first half. What was the score? It was about 6-10 or something in that first half, and then he scored the first uh, two-point uh, two field goal, didn't he? Reynolds, the first one. Yeah. But they were right in this, the Broncos, and then... They just drop off, don't they? Is it a fitness thing? Oh, just a general hopelessness thing, I think. Do they, they need to be thrashed over the sand hills and all that sort of stuff? You know, when they say, oh, it's the worst preseason we've, well, you know, the hardest preseason we've ever had. Do they need to do like a mid season thrashing, like get them on the sand dunes and flog them? No. It's, There's something going on. They're I, not I say fit. every week it's attitude. Mm. And it's led by their senior players like Milford and. Payne Haas was the only bloke had a go. If they had a team full of Payne Haases, they'd be fine. No problem. I want to read you a little, just while we're talking about the Broncos, I want to read you a little quote here from Kev. Uh, he made a, a wonderful analogy. Um, he felt like he says, I felt like I had control since the moment I walked in. It's obviously not my roster as such that I selected, but I am working with these guys. Now, that flies in the face of, um, I, I thought that, that like his roster, he was pretty happy with it, and that's why he applied for the job. Uh, did he apply for the job when he still had Fafita? Uh, yes, but he, I think he knew he was on the way out. But, mm. I, yeah, I think there's a bit of blame shifting going here with Kev. He goes on to say they're a big, good bunch of guys to work with, and we'll continue to make them better and improve them in the areas that we need to improve over the season. So that's, a, I suppose, that's good. Well, they've got a bit of belief, don't they, now? Because Lodge came out and said they're every bit as talented as Penrith. And he did. And here's the kicker. Uh, we're around five of 25, so we're a quarter of the way. <laughs> uh, if you look at a cake, says Kev, there's still three quarters of the cake to eat. So that's what excites me. Wow, that's a tremendous analogy. It's good, isn't it? That's a, I've never <laughs> heard a cake analogy in rugby league before. Uh, but uh, so he's, well, to me that that shows that the the cracks are starting to appear, <laughs> and that and the pressure's finally. I mean, he's always been reasonably insane, but I think that the the pressure might be starting to show with Kevin. There's uh, bad times, much much worse times, I should say, ahead for the Broncos. Hmm. Well, they got Penrith this week, haven't they? Oh, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be ugly. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, next up was the Warriors played the um, Seagulls at Central Coast Sunset Stadium, and a shock result. Well, I didn't pick, or did I pick? No, this? you didn't this week. <laughs> so, 
Oh, it was a thoroughly entertaining game. It was a great football, game. I really it? enjoyed it. It was, it was an absolute mistake-a-thon, but yeah, it was, I, I thought it was really good. So, so Manly have just stumbled upon this kicking early business and it seems to have paid dividends for them. Like, uh, what was that kick? Daily Cherry Evans from the scrum. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty whole... enterprising play, wasn't it? It was. Has it... Kevy thrown the book out? Oh. Said, do what you want. Who? Dez. Ah, uh, Dez, sorry. Dezzy? Maybe. He might have thrown his hands up in the air and said, oh, I don't give a fuck. Just go and do whatever you want. I'm going to do push-ups at the local oval. You pack of assholes. <laughs> I'm sick of his. <laughs> he might have. That might be what's working for him. Not that they... Not, it wasn't a uh, comprehensive victory. It was only decided by a field goal, but... That was exciting, though. That that would be how Desi would say asshole, right? <laughs> you assholes! <laughs> Get out of me sight, you assholes! But I've got to say, they're lucky to have come up against the Warriors team because they were lacking a little bit of punch in the middle. They were a bit depleted. No uh, Bunty and no uh, uh, the other kitty, Aiden. Yeah, the jury's still out for me on um, on Brownie's coaching ability, but the Warriors are still my second faves. Well, well one more thing about the Sea Eagles. Mm. Doesn't Dylan Walker seem to attract a good solid smash up every game like it just seems like walker gets targeted more than any other game in the comp any other player in the comp i reckon and good oh he's a noted grub everyone wants his head and but but to uh, did you see roger pantsed him and then politely pulled him back up again (laughs) when when dylan did his uh hamstring yeah that just shows you the class of that bloke and he was smiling yeah he said oh sorry mate i'll just pull them back up (laughs) And then Dylan had his <laughs> hand over his bum and Roger was wondering what was going on. He thought he was might have been just... Uh, you know what I saw? Roger slipped him a little note while he was pulling him back up. He slipped a little note into his undies. And then Dylan, when he was finished the game and he pulled his undies off, you know what it said? No. It said, just do better. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, next up was at Bluebet Stadium... Panther Park, uh, Penrith gave it to the to the Raiders. Well, the Raiders were in this for six minutes, weren't they? Looked yeah, all right. They weren't great. They, their defence held up, held pretty strong for a while, and they looked reasonably okay in attack. But then they lost Charles Nickel Clockstad, and everything just uh, sorry Cookstar, and then everything just went to well, went it's what to it, turds. It's what I've been saying all year, isn't it? It's a game of fullbacks. I reckon. I reckon watching this. If you lose your fullback, that's worse than losing any other player on the team, I reckon, because he's your organiser, and the Raiders were just a rabble after that, weren't they? Well, and, and you've got to give Penrith credit. They're just too good. They're just too fast. fast. It, everything they do, there's just options, and if they decide to put a play on, everyone just snaps into position, and away they go. They're pretty incredible, but they've mm. just got to just pull their heads in a bit, I suppose. Next up, uh, Titans. Big win over the Knights at Seabus Super Stadium. The Titans really, really flexing their muscles against um, a, a reasonably disappointing Knights side, I've got to say. Yeah, well, poor old Knights are in all sorts, aren't they, with injury crisis. And did they manage to field a team? <laughs> After oh, yeah. what O'Brien reckons, I don't even have a team to field. Adam cobbled one together. Yeah, but uh, how many tries for Fita? Three tries, so he's, uh, well... Is there a bit of flat track bullying going on there? Or? No, no, he, he had he the best game of his day. season for sure and t- ably assisted again, of course, by Tino. But um, Corey Thompson, to yeah. me, Jeez. man, that whatever they're paying him, it's not enough. And I know it wouldn't be much. Probably He's probably on like 200, something like that. they got to pay him more. He's a fantastic player. I love him. Very reliable, isn't he? 
He is. And the next vlogging on the card was the Storm 52 over the uh, Bulldogs 18 at Stadium Australia. I, I predicted when this ki- when this game kicked off, I said to whoever was listening in my lounge room that this would be 70 nil, And it turns out it was 70 total points. Just <laughs> <laughs> Bulldogs, Bulldogs snavelled eight of, 18 of them just uh, through luck and circumstance. Uh, Josh Jackson offloaded for a try, which is the first thing he's done all year. So congratulations, Josh. But yeah. the the storm just blew him off the park. Yeah. Yeah, what can you say about that? Yeah, Bulldogs? there's not much to say about Well, they that. broke their scoring drought and everyone was really happy about that. But how about you break your winning drought? Well, um, what's-her-name came out and said that there's signs of life. Uh, well, whatever Tiva said to him that he wouldn't let any of us in on. Well, he it's must obviously have, yeah. given him, it's, it's obviously sparked him to get 18 points. I if if they're saying that, then they're well and truly delusional. I can't remember if it was T-Baz or someone else, but yeah, signs of life. You know, things are looking up. No, they're not. That no. was that. You, you can't you can't concede fifty two points, and regularly. Yeah, and and say that things are looking up just because you scored a few lucky tries. Can I? I just got a gripe uh, now I've, that I've said for it because I nearly said it myself, and I, and I hate myself. Uh, I hate the term leaking points. Oh, yeah. You're not leaking them, are you? Well, you have to have, have them to before have them you leak. leak them. Exactly. You concede the points. Yes. Someone tell Vossi et al. about that. Um, our brandy's the worst for it. Leaking points. 26-18 was the score at the Sydney Cricket Ground in the next game of Sydney Roosters over the Sharks. Now, this was a um, looking for all intents and purposes to be a uh, upset. The Sharks were well in control and then sort of fell in a heap, had a couple of injuries, Wade Graham. Um, Concussed and, again yeah, after a pretty poor another, technique. Yeah, exactly. And someone else went off too. They were nearly in the uh, third HIA territory. But uh, to the Roosters' credit, they came home strong. Young Sam Walker had a had a real good 10 minutes right at the end and put a couple of good passes on and the Roosters got home. Yeah, well, geez, and Daniel Tupo hasn't scored a try until... That game. Can you believe that? Mm. And wasn't it a beaut? Oh, because the Morris kiddies hold them. Hold them. Yeah, but geez, there were some good tries and it was actually a pretty entertaining game. And for once I was like, oh, good go, Sharkies. Like, they were, they were putting it to him at the start there, but... Oh, they were, he's, uh, they were all over him. It looked like it was going to be a bit of a um, a bit of an embarrassing day for Trends men. Well, at what point do you drop Warrior Hargraves for this... What was it, that late, tack, late tackle that... He was like almost a minute late. <laughs> no one, like, what do you do about him? What no, do you do? No one's dropping him. Oh, jeez. Just stupidity from him. And uh, anyway, they're lucky they're good enough to overcome that kind of stuff because a lot of teams wouldn't, would they? No, no. But, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the Sharks this week. We'll get into it next segment. Uh, Tigers in the aforementioned Leichhardt Oval disgrace and Sunday afternoon Cowboys 34 got over the Tigers 30 and this like I said sort of I think it's it's papered over a few cracks at the Cowboys it might save Todd's job but really they they got I think it was 28-4 at half time so to only score 6 to 30 in the second half I think it shows a more accurate uh, representation of where the Cowboys are at do you think? Yeah well I think that score line flatters everybody doesn't it because I don't know it's just that <laughs> everybody's flattered. <laughs> yeah, it was just 
Oh, it's just an awful game, wasn't it? It was like there was nothing redeeming about any of it. It wasn't like, oh, good, the Cowboys have turned the corner. They're going to go on from them here to, well, you know, do well this year. I, don't, I couldn't see anything that makes them look like a decent side. Well, for whatever reason, I was going for the Tigers. I don't know why, but when they started coming back in the second half, I thought, oh, this is, this is pretty good. But then I remembered how bad they were in the first half and reminded myself that they didn't deserve it. And then I was going for the Cowboys and I just ended up confused and sad. Well, and aren't, the, aren't the knives out for Luke Brooks? Like, I suppose he's been with... How, how, how long has he been with him? Eight seasons or something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he was the hot young thing when he came in and they've just stuck with him through thick and thin. And I think it was John Scandalis came out yesterday and said that there's no plans to even think about moving Unbelievable Luke Brooks on and he's their halfback and will be for seemingly for the end till the end of time. He's never played a finals game. Well, uh, MG, Mark Geyer. Wanted uh, to swap him for Reynolds. Yeah, show, showed the dangers of mixing uh, <laughs> marijuana and concussion. <laughs> Yeah, Rabbitohs are like, yep, no worries, we'll have Brooksy, no problem, he's never that, played a finals game, we'll, we'll rectify that for him. That Jesus. bloke's got a job on the radio, you know. Oh, no, he's got lots of jobs. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Blows my mind. That blows my mind, but um, Luke Brooks is not going anywhere, A, because no one will have him, and B, the Tigers love him, I don't I don't get it. He that is about the worst game anyone's ever played, and and he walked out with Tommy Radonikus's jersey. Ah, oh, it was just uh, the upset of the round. Bankwest Stadium, St George Illawarra, twenty six. Parramatta Eels twelve, and this was it. I think this score flattered the Eels. Yeah. If anything, it should have exactly. been more to the Dragons. They were terrific, red hot, and Jeez. without Benny Hunt, mind you. I was watching that Lomax kid. Imagine having a bloke that size in your centres and he's a good defender. I don't care what anyone says. He's a he's an origin prospect. There you go. Ooh, I said it. Geez. I said it. He's an origin prospect, that Lomax. Like, oh, no, I'm not going that far. I, I think he's one of those blokes that turns in a blinder just often enough <laughs> that you don't get on his back. Well, oh, yeah, I'm not a Saints fan by any stretch, but if I know if I was, I'd be thinking, you know, for... Oh, let's say, what, 24 rounds? I'd say for 20-ish, 18 to 20 rounds, I'd be thinking, I'd be calling for his head. But then, you know, one in six games, he goes, watch this, boys, and puts in a, a cracker, and you think, oh, he's all right. Well, he's had probably four, I reckon, this year that have been really good performances. But uh, Is there concerns for the Eels, do you think, in the aftermath of this game, or did they just... I don't know, was it just a bad day? Or were Saints just too good and would have beat anyone? I actually think Saints were too good. I don't think Eels had a bad day at all. I think they did exactly what you said last week. They just did their shuffling kind of style of play and they got exposed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Bryce Cartwright certainly didn't help off the bench. Oh, oh my God, what oh was God. Brad after thinking? And I'm sure he won't be in the team this week, surely. Oh, just... Awful, but yeah, Parramatta did look a little out of sorts, I suppose. But yeah, no, Dragons actually look like a good footy side. Cody Ramsey is continuing into to work his way into my heart. No, he was already in there, but <laughs> I was going to say, how much further is he getting oh, into your heart? He's so, he's so good. I love him. He's oh. just such a trier. He's from Molong. Yeah, we say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> just like the 18 year old Sam Walker. <laughs> 18, how old is he, Vossy? 18! Is he from Molong, though, or from <laughs> Forbes or something? Oh, no, yeah. that's Charlie Staines. Molong. We just like saying it because we know where those places are. <laughs> <laughs> 
round six kicks off tonight at Suncorp Stadium with not the Friday night Broncos, but the Thursday night Channel 9 Broncos this week versus the Panthers. Uh, Centre Jesse Arthurs and bench prop Tommy Flegler sat out Wednesday's captain run with in, uh, sorry, illness. Crook in the guts, in other words. Corey Oates has been named a reserve, reserve, finally got a reprieve from the Reggies. Uh, he's been training at left wing. David Mead to shift in field, uh, who's replaced Tessie New. 5-8, this is the big news of the week. 5-8, Anthony Milford been dropped. His place taken by Brodie Croft. Ben Teo scheduled to undergo res- uh, surgery this week and be out for 12 weeks. That's not going to uh, help him at all. Bullymore, Ethan Bullymore takes his place on the bench. Patrick Carrigan returns from a suspension, pushing Tavita Pangai to the second round. Geordie Rick, Jordan Ricky to the bench. Penrith 1-17, to what's your thoughts? This is going to be a massacre. I shouldn't have even read that whole thing. We should have just said Broncos, <laughs> Panthers, Panthers. Well, yeah, the Broncos showed a little bit of life in their last game, but uh, how can you? It is interesting, though. All those, uh, Kevy's certainly taking some steps towards the Broncos' woes by getting rid of Anthony. Um, and I think, personally, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think that's the end of Anthony Milford at the Broncos, at least, if not his career. I think he might end up in England. Mm, yeah, well, I don't know how Brody Croft's going to go, but maybe it's just a little wake-up for Anthony and saying, here you go, Anthony, we're going to put Brody in and see how he goes, and, you know, just as a ploy to get Anthony playing better. But No, I can, he doesn't I just, bring any value to that team whatsoever. No effort, no nothing. All he does is put those torpedo bombs up, and I'm sure one of the other fellas can do that for him. Well, there's plenty of other blokes that are just as bad, I think, but plenty of other blokes aren't on the same sort of money exactly. and, and haven't been in the team since 2016 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, geez, I can't see Broncos even scoring a point here. But anyway. 70 nil. There you go. All right. Knights versus Sharks is on Friday, the first game on Friday at McDonald Jones Stadium. Again. Again. This is outrageous. We've got to check the stats on home games. They must just have their first 12 at home and then away for the rest of it. Well, to be fair, they weren't at home last week. Weren't they? No. Huh. <laughs> Unless uh, there's another McDonald Jones Stadium Maybe they're all, yeah. 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 Uh, big ins for the Knights with Lots Bradman Best, 5'8", Kurt Mann and Jacob Saifidi all back on deck this week. Uh, poor old Gehammet Shibasaki <laughs> drops out of the side and Connor Watson's gone from 5'8". To lock, which is very strange. I like him at lock. Do you? Yep. I reckon he's a lock. Oh, like a Cameron Murray, Victor Radley style. Mm, but yeah. usually it's the other way, isn't it? You've got locks going into 5.8 when there's injuries and stuff. But yeah, I like him at lock. I reckon he's a tremendous lock. That's what they bought him as a lock, didn't they? Oh, I thought he was a 5.8 or a 14, like a mm. utility. Anyway, oh, a utility anyway. Yeah, yeah. Cessnock product, Braden Musgrove, has been named to make his debut on the wing. Good on you, Braden. Hope you go well. Uh, Sharks, uh, this could be anything. Wade Graham's ruled himself out again and Joshy Dugan copped a, uh, a head knock of some type, ruled himself out on ground last week and now has ruled himself out again for this week. That's not doctor's orders, of course. That's Josh orders. <laughs> oh, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. yeah. I might go to the casino and yell at some dealers. See yous. <laughs> um, I like to think that the Sharks are going to, uh, do it for, for Bomber this week. What do you reckon? I'm going Sharks. I'm going Sharks too. Uh, from what I saw, I like William Kennedy. Jeez, he's off. Oh, hasn't he gotten better every game? How good was he last week? Oh, well, that's what I forgot unreal. to mention that he was unreal. Yeah, me too. A couple of tries, I think. And um, 
Oh, the thing that worries me about the Sharks, and they love saying it in the commentary, is effort areas. I saw it, when was it last week, Mulatalo getting ragdolled out while all his bloody teammates, admittedly it was Dugan, I think, just watching him. While they're just throwing him out over the sideline. No one went in to help. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? Like, So I think there's little areas like that that the Sharks, if they improve on, then they're going to be a very good side. But, yeah, there's just those little, little bits that let them down. um, A whiff of complacency, if you will. I'd love... uh, Actually, you know what? I don't even like Newcastle this year. I don't... Nothing. I'll go Sharks. Me too. Storm versus Roosters, the next game at Amy Park. Ooh, blockbuster. Yes, uh, Premiership winning centre, Branko Lee. I bet he loves hearing that, doesn't he? <laughs> I love Branko. He's a good, honest player, isn't he? Bloody, he plays good for the Storm. Didn't oh, play yeah. real good for the Bulldogs. I thought he's played good everywhere he's been. I love Branko. Is he uh, in there or is he a reserve? Well, he's returned from a hamstring injury in the Queensland Cup, played last week, and he's been included on the extended bench. I think Bellamy will put him I'll in. I'll put him in for Nico Hines. Jesus Christ, Craig. Asafa Solomon has been named at lock with Kama Kimiko on the bench and then two powerhouses may trade places on game day. He's got to be the biggest lock of all time, Nelson. Yes. <laughs> Dale Finucane is another week away. I'm sick of hearing about him. Yeah. He might as well just take up a career singing on the footy show with yeah. Matty Johns and they can all sit around slapping each other's knees. Ryan Pappenhausen scored 46 points in his last two games. There was a market for him to score more than the Bulldogs, and he's done it twice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Roosters are in all, all sorts with uh, hooker problems, but Ben Marshke got a, a reprieve from the judiciary on Tuesday night and is free to play after challenging his crusher, crusher tackle and getting away with it. It was a late report, too. It was about three or four tackles after he actually did it. Oh, and by the way, Benny, you're on report. So you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do. He, he'll slot in at number nine to fill the void left by the neck. Freddie Lussick, who suffered a fractured arm. Mm, uh, could miss that. six to eight weeks. Lindsay Collins set to come back from a head knock. And uh, Adam Kieran has been named to return on the bench. I can't see the Roosters winning this one. No, I think the Storm all the way. They've only won one of their last four at Amy Park too. Mm. Um, sea Eagles versus Titans, the first game on Saturday. At 3 p.m., and guess where this one is? At, uh, I don't know. Glen Willow Stadium, <gasps> Mudgee. Mudgee. Isn't Mudgee the oh, best place on earth? It's a beautiful town. It's the prettiest town you'll ever see. It's get beautiful. along to that, everyone, Wonderful. if you get a chance. Like country footy on a Saturday, Arvo. Holy crap, I'm getting nostalgic. I'm tearing up here. This. You know, I the, was so wish I was there. The one thing about Mudgee, though, there's not much to do there apart from drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's lots of nice little restaurants and cafes and stuff you can stroll down after you've had a big drink. But they, <laughs> they all promote drinking heavily. Yeah, well, there's footy there's on a, this weekend. There's a beautiful little wine bar there called Roth's Wine Bar. If you're in the, if you if you're heading down to Mudgee Town after that, because the the ground's a little way out, Willow. Willow Glen, and it's beautiful. Oh, sorry, Glen Willow, it's beautiful too. Really nice, good NRL quality mm. field. I think every every town in central New South Wales should have a, a rugby league field like that, don't you? Yeah, and attract more of these games because it should be more of it. Oh, it's fantastic. And good on the uh, Sea Eagles for giving up one of their home games. Well, let's face it, no one goes to bloody Brookvale anyway, so may as well take it to Mudgee. 
Uh, guess what? Gun fullback Tommy Boyevich has been locked in to make his long-awaited return after the Corso incident. Incident. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Shower slipping in the shower. Yeah, he slipped on the tiles. Uh, he's ticked a lot of boxes, says uh, Manly Physio, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we look forward to getting back on the field and getting through the game. So Dylan Walker's out. Dylan Walker's out, hamstring and a legitimate hamstring after Roger pulled his shorts down and then pulled him back up. Uh, Ham, Ham, Hamule, I can't say his name. I'm not going to pretend to. Cade Cust is out with a virus. Hope it's not COVID. Tavita Funa has dropped back to the reserve. Jack Jasevsky could be out for up for three months with a foot injury, which mm-hmm. is sad. I like Jack Javesky. Uh Philip Sami got a head knock. Maybe out with an HIA. Uh, but apart from that, the Titans are one to seventeen as per last week. This would be interesting to see what Manly do with Turbo back, but I don't know. I think they were just lucky to come up against the Warriors team that they did last week because I think any other team probably would have beat them. So I'm going to go with my second faves. And they'll love Mudgy, won't they, the Titans? Oh, yeah. Get them out of that rat race, that hellhole that is the Gold Coast. It's a <laughs> I hate the Gold Coast. I know you used to live there, but... You hate it. What, oh, is, what is there to hate about it? I just hate the people there. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's rugged. <sighs> Rabina's not the nicest place, sure, but oh. <laughs> anyway, some wonderful areas of the Gold Coast. Hello to all my nines in the Gold Coast there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Titans too. I can't go with Manly, even with Tommy Tommy Dubovic. Uh, Rabbitohs versus West Tigers, Saturday, 5.30, Stadium, Australia. Uh, Liam Knight hasn't played since, since the Charity Shield. That's what we, we were asking about him, weren't we? We were. I was wondering what happened to Drago. Well, he's out indefinitely um, yeah. and the, after a concussion. Oh. Um, but he's, he's on the reserve bench and he could come in, provided he passes the protocols. Cody Walker comes back from suspension to claim the number six jumper. I would have kept him out after Benji's performance last week. Well... Poor old Benji has to go back to the bench. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Benji understands. But yeah, Benji looked great as a starting. Unreal. There's so many teams could have got him and got an absolute bargain. <sighs> well, and they all missed out. And one of the to... teams is the one that he's, that they're playing. Yeah. Should have maybe found 100 grand and kept him. Or the Bulldogs. It's Jeez, a lunacy. The South's got the bargain of a lifetime with him, I reckon. He's playing as good. Didn't he play good last oh, week? That first try fantastic. that he got. Like, yeah, he just winds back the clock, doesn't he? Dean Hawkins, who debuted for Brisbane last week, is unavailable after he got a cut that required 15 stitches. Did you read about this? Uh, uh, celebrating with his pals on the sideline, tried to jump the fence and... And put a big gash up his kneecap. Ooh. I don't know how uh, surly old Wayne Bennett's gonna gonna take it. I hope I hope for his sake that he doesn't get, you know, rubbed out for for a bit of silliness after celebrating his very first NRL win. But we'll see. Tigers. Uh, Jake Simpkin finally gets his chance to start at dummy half. Few raps on this kid, Jake Simpkin, been doing really well in the reserves apparently. Jacob Little, poor old Jacob Little. Has to go back to Reggie's. Oh, they dropped you. Yeah, mm. I don't know why. I thought he was one of their better ones in a horrible team. Uh, mm. Joey Leilua, uh, a late scratching with an HIA. What? That's yeah, not well, right, is it? Yeah, yeah, because he got knocked out in their last game and didn't come back. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's gone, but, uh, geez, they look better without him. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that that was been my. I was going to mention it in our wrap up that I think that they've just got to chop yeah. Leilua because it just seems like every time he's in the team they play like crap. Yeah. Um, and oh, that's about it. But you can't go past the Rabbitohs here, right? No, Rabbitohs. Well, I meant to say that Rabbitohs have been playing good. They've been playing very good. Very good. Uh, Raiders versus Eels at GIO. Stadium in Canberra, Saturday, 7.35. Josh Hodgson copped a hip injury, but he's okay. Curtis Scott makes his comeback with Sebastian Chris going back to the um, Reggies, which I thought's a bit rough on poor old Seb Chris. I thought he's been playing very good footy. Uh, Kayla Bacons comes in at the uh, expense of Chan's Nickel Glutta, who has a bulging disc in his neck, which is a shame. I wonder if that was helped along by a bloody kick out knocking his head oh, off the other night. I don't think so. Probably That's not, but probably didn't help. Ryan James is out. Um, he's been rested. I think he. Ah, this is the rotation that we were hearing about. So who comes in? Gula or someone, does he? Or well, are the uh, two Corys? <laughs> Redeem themselves. I think they might have, might be being a bit cautious because they played him last week after he fell asleep on Seb Chris's bottom in that horrible head clash the week before, and I think they might have realised the error of their ways. And yeah, fair enough. Um, well, so they should. Geez, imagine some of these blokes that are playing in New South Wales Cup would be hungry. Mm. AF. Well, Joe Tarpany's named it lock. Good. And Emery Gooley, you're right, comes on to oh, the bench. Gooley's on. Good. Uh, Sam Williams and Sammy Vellame have made way for Chris and Matt Frawley in the reserves. Mm. So they're on the extended bench, I take it. Uh, now, the Eels have been kept trialless in their last two games at GIO Stadium. We'll have to wait and see what happens with this one. Well, who do you think? I'm going to go for the Raiders to bounce back, I think, because I don't think they can play much worse than they did last week. But then again, Penrith were pretty good and... Bloody Parramatta weren't real good, so I don't know. Could go. Parramatta could come out like world beaters, but I don't know. I, I think they're on the nose, Parramatta. I was going to tip Parra in this one, but then um, I heard last night Dylan Brown's out. He got suspended for a crusher tackle. Yes, because what? They got Will Smith. Yeah, I think that, that weakens them significantly. And Isaiah Papali'i Pop- is back to the bench with Ryan Madison back from his concussion. Um, so Ooh, I'd be giving him more minutes, Papa Lee. He's a good player. Oh, he's unreal. Their but, best uh, forward at the I moment. I think Nathan Brown didn't play real good last week. I think that's what was wrong with him. He just seemed to be out to niggle him a bit more than actually play footy. I don't uh, know. Dragons Warriors Sunday, 2 p.m. at Netstrata Jubilee, a.k.a. Cogger, right? Mm. Uh, now, Josh Maguire has... has Hopped on a plane in Townsville and flown straight down to look at Hook. Straight in. Yeah. Uh, and straight into the team, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if this helps him or not. Well, who drops off? Daniel Alvaro? Well, none of them deserve it, do they? I'd be I'd be a bit dirty if I was one oh, of them. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how these players actually put up with that sort of stuff. It's well, like, what's what Maguire done lately? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. A- apart from badmouth his own team and mm. get himself... Well, not punted. Well, I suppose him and Hook have got a history together or whatever, but I wouldn't be dropping. That's who they'd be dropping, wouldn't it? Alvaro, probably? Well, maybe he won't even come in. He's on the extended bench. You'd, you'd think that a player of his profile would come straight in, but I hope Hook resists the urge to do it and just sticks with his team. And sure, if they get flogged, then go with um, Moose Maguire. But uh, let's see. Warriors, Peter Hicko's earned a recall. Your favourite. 
David Fusatu is out with a hamstring injury. Marcelo Montoya has been named after copping a head knock as well. So they've strengthened. Well, the big in is, um, what's his name's back in? Bunty. Uh, Bunty. They missed him big time. Tanua Brown as well. Tanua Tanua Brown. Unreal. Yeah. Great player. I think the Warriors will get this. There you go. Uh, Oh, Sean O'Sullivan. That's who I meant to mention. What a terrific young player that kid is. So Chanel's out. And, uh, geez. He's he's an ex-rooster. Geez, I tell you what, he's a good player. Cowboys versus Bulldogs. Oh, hang on. Who'd you tip? Warriors. I don't think I did tip anyone, did I? No, you just... Glossed Ooh, over it because geez. you because your uh, boys might be up against it. What nah, I'm going. Oh, geez, <sighs> no warriors. Good flash in the pan, flash in hook in the pan. I, I, th- surely there's heaps of words that rhyme with hook, and I've got to have them ready, <laughs> snapping them out. Book, book, hook. Cowboys versus Bulldogs Sunday, 4.05 p.m. Queensland Country Bank, 1800 Smiles Stadium. Captain Jason Tomalolo has been named to make his return from a hand injury at lock. Um, he's prepared to wait another week if he experiences soreness. Didn't he come back last week? No. Oh. Okay. You'd expect it the way they played, but... Cohen has gone to prop uh, Francis Molo onto the bench and Ruben Cotter out of the squad completely with that foot injury. Justin O'Neill with a head knock t- set to make his return. Uh, Hamaso Tabuai Fidel, did you see how? Yeah, the hammer he took off. He no one was even in the vicinity. Even Jimmy the Jet, fastest man well, in rugby Jimmy league, the didn't Jet's get near him. Slow as anything nowadays. He's not really a jet, is he? He's more of a uh, skipper, boat. <laughs> skipper Josh Jackson is out after suffering a torn calf. Oh, after his offload last week too. Mm. What a shame. English forward Luke Thompson replaces him at lock. Well, he's the one that kind of had a go last week, isn't he, Thompson? Uh, uh, he got knocked out, um, I think, didn't he? He scored that first try. Yeah, something happened to him, though, and it kind of mm. crueled the Bulldogs' chances as if that were... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yep. Uh, Lachlan Lewis has a chance of returning, but he, I think he'll have to wait till next round. They're being very cautious with Lockie. The Bulldogs have not won in Queensland since May 2019. <laughs> They won anywhere since there. I'm going. I'm going with T. Baz's men. Wow. I'm not. I'm sticking with my Bulldogs. Won't win a game this year, and I'm going with the Cowboys. No Bulldogs. Thank you for tuning in to League Indeed again for another week. Please make sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out Facebook, uh, Twitter, and League Indeed at gmail.com. What say you? I say, get in there and enjoy the footy this weekend because, geez, it's been a terrific season already, hasn't it? We're up to, what are we, round six? See you next week. Goodbye.